We march along through the afternoon, taking it to 7 o'clock tonight, all benefiting Austin Street Center for the Homeless. And this is, I think, the third year the three of us have done this. And I have to tell you, I love I love these segments. I love this part of the afternoon because Dale Hansen makes us laugh and Randy Galloway makes us laugh. And they're the warm-up act for Lee Trevino, who will make us laugh later on in the afternoon. You're not going to be able to talk for the next two hours. I know. We ain't in that kind of league, Lee Trevino's league. That's... That's nah, that's big time right there. I tell you, what is amazing about this, though, I was listening to you, you said you got five hours to go. Yeah. And, and in honor of that, I uh, tattooed five on my ass. Prove it. So I just... Prove it. The uh, Austin <laughs> Hedges of yeah, the uh, yeah. of the Normathon. Well, then I heard, nor, uh, what's his name? Cuban. Oh, yeah. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he, li- yeah. he likes us now. Be I, nice. He likes us now. I listened I, to that. I felt like he, Sally Field. I yeah. heard him say, I now like Hanson and Galloway, yeah. and I thought, damn, in retirement, we have slipped. We have softened <laughs> up, yeah. <laughs> That Cuban well, I, now likes us. Well, I, I like him a little bit more since he's trying to get that casino in here, so I don't yeah. have to drive so far to lose my money. Oh, that would be nice. Yeah. You know, think for a minute what that thing might look like. Oh, I've said that forever. You got yeah. the arena. Yeah. Yeah. Then you got the casino. Then you got the resort. And then you've got Jerry's plan like he has at the Star. Restaurants everywhere, shops yeah, and and most of us will be dead when it all gets built. <laughs> so be nice. No, I I I really do. I I've said this forever that Dallas would be one of the great destination cities for all these corporations and all these conventions if they had a casino. I mean, people don't really go to Vegas because it's just they they love the landscape. You know, I mean, it's. it's it's the it's the gambling. A lot of people don't like it in Texas. I remember when Galloway was fighting over getting uh, you know Lone Star going with with all the the Baptist and the columns that you were writing. Yeah. Um, but but it, it Boy, I, I, I just things. find it so hypocritical in a state of Republican leadership that talks about individual responsibility, except how you decide to spend your money in a casino. We'll make a decision about that because we know best. I mean, the hypocrisy of that is what drives me absolutely nuts. Well, and the way you the way you beat it. It is just grease up their hip pocket. Yeah. <laughs> they'll take they'll take the damn money. Oh, they'll take it. And uh, you got it. Governor Ironsides down there. Hey, he'll take it in a second. <laughs> I'm sorry, that may not uh, be it's a name from the past and still one of my favorites. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> it was a damn good T V show. It was. Okay. It was a good T V show. And and Perry Mason. Yeah, never had to get up. Yeah. It turns out he's gay, by the way. I, I just found that out too. You know, really? Yeah, Raymond Burr. Raymond Burr's gay. What's wrong or with blind? that? Nothing wrong okay. with that. Hey, I am the spokesman for the gay community here. I mean, come on, what are you talking about? I've got awards from. I've got awards. About to go on Ellen again. You're going to get me in trouble. And I, just... I, I was woke before woke was even a bad thing in Texas. I mean, I, you know. And here, all these years. 
I thought Raymond Burr had a thing for Della Street. Yeah, no, that was that was that. That's how good an actor he actually was. Here, so he, he here, actually here, like track. Let me better? say this: I don't, I don't like, I don't like the gambling involved so so openly in sports. I think it's a, I think it's one of the reasons so many people argue at such a level about officiating and the like. I really don't like it when ESPN promotes the betting lines. You know, we all have gambled at times. I, I, I don't gamble on games anymore, but I used to 30 years or so ago. Uh, but I do love gambling, and I do love individuals deciding what they want to do with their money. And that's why I love what Cuban's hopefully trying to do. Um, and then I think it really will have a tremendous economic benefit uh, to the city of Texas and North, I mean, and North Texas. Where do you want to go? You got the Rangers, Stars, the Mavericks. You got great golf courses, one of the best airports in the country to get in and out. I mean, this place will explode if they would just throw a couple of casinos around. And that's hard for some people to to understand, but it's absolutely true. Will you be at the poker tables? I will indeed be. I'm going to be there in about an hour and a half when we're done here. As a matter of fact. <laughs> That was that was my wife's Christmas gift today. She said you can you can play poker after Norm's show Tuesday, and I just looked at her and I said, "Well, it's not really that much of a gift because I was going to do that anyway, just not telling you about it." But, uh. Well, and we still, I mean, look, we've got casinos an hour away from where yeah. we're sitting right here, yeah. and you can go in that direction or that direction, and there they are. In and fact, they're two big ones. In fact, Randy, you you're virtually. If you start the circle around the state of Texas, there's casinos just over the border in Louisiana, in Oklahoma, in New Mexico. They're everywhere. Well, I used to drive to Shreveport. Uh Then I started going to Windstar, and I've been to Choctaw a few times, and and Vegas a couple of times. And, And you probably find, both of you probably find this to be true as well. It takes me about 30 seconds before somebody hollers at me. You know, hey, Hanson. And all, you look around the, at the license plates in, in Oklahoma. I mean, because how many people in Oklahoma are really going to go down to there? But it's Texas money. And Vegas is Texas money. Yeah. I mean, the, the number of people that – we used to have a bet when I was going years ago. I haven't been there for a few years. But when I used to go, we used to have a bet among my friends as to how long it would take before somebody would holler my name out because they were all North Texas people taking their money to Vegas. Now, if you put that in Dallas – and, oh, by the way, you might catch the basketball game that night. You might leave the Cowboys game, the Rangers, all the rest of it. Uh, I think you'll have conventions in this city. You'll keep Texas money in Texas. And, um, you know, we may have to use some of that money to grease the, the Republican politicians to get it done. But it, it needs to get done. And Cuban's right about that. I, I, really, I really do like what he's trying Grease to do. them up. That's all you got to do. And, hey, these Vegas people know how to do that, too. Well, I think that's right. I think they will. I watched uh, the Iron Claw last night, the Von Erich movie, Mm -hmm. and I grew up in Lake Dallas where they were from, so I knew about them, but that was a little bit before my time. What kind of interaction did you guys have with the Von Erichs in the 80s? Zero. I used to to love watching, but I never did. Dale did uh, much more than A little bit. Uh, I'm involved with Kevin Von Erich now. Mm -hmm. We got a little running show. We did one uh, at the Majestic Theater. We went down to San Antonio and did one, and it's still amazing. I mean, the, when I introduced it was about 1,800 people, I think they said, 16, 1,800 people at the Majestic, I introduced Kevin Von Erich, and the place just went nuts. And we did about an hour and a half. We did one in San Antonio. We're going to do another one um, uh, the first of, I think it's the, uh, well, it's in March sometime. I'm not sure the exact date. Uh, but we're doing another one in March. But yeah, I, I do. I knew of them. I, I wasn't a big wrestling 
fan per se, uh, um, but they were. I said they were like they were like the Beatles in underpants. They they were just rock stars when they were in town. I mean, when Kerry Von Erich would show up someplace, uh, he he was just an absolute rock star. And um, you look uh, not not that you know, I liked that, it. I not, liked it. Not that we're handsome. God knows. Oh, in my day, I was. In my day, I was staggering. I, I in, knew in you in day. your day. You were overrated. <laughs> but, but Kevin, I'm glad he's alive, and he's the only one alive. Only, he, out of six, but, out of six. Yeah. But he looks awful. And I'm, I mean, I'm. Well, he is old. He's he's, he's like sixty five, sixty six years old. What like the that. hell do you think I am? And you? Well, I. Yeah. I mean, That's why old. I go back to how 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 well maintained you and yes, I actually right. are. You know, I mean, right. it's amazing. <laughs> I'm 75 and I don't look a day over 73. I mean, not a day. I mean, but no, Kevin Von Erich is, but he doesn't look, does not look well, and I'm glad well, he is well. He's he's been tossed around a few times. Yes, I he mean, is. He, he, I mean, you you break as many bones as he has, and uh, you know, take as many blows to the head as I'm sure he has, and. Uh, He's real thin now. He's lost all the yeah, weight. I yeah, mean, he's, absolutely. He's amazingly thin. Um, but, but yeah, pretty well, impressive. Hey, how it, was the did movie you, good? It was good. I enjoyed yeah, it. it. I, now I, didn't, it's, I didn't like it. Kevin really? Didn't like, Kevin didn't like it at all either. Yeah. Really? So it's, no. it, it's a two-hour movie, and I think they definitely yeah. left some things out. They left out Chris. They left out the, Chris. The youngest entirely. brother. Right, right. But there's only so much you can put in in two yeah. hours, so I kind of just put it at that. I thought the cast was good. Now, they were kind kind of small. For the Von Erics, but I thought it, I thought it was I thought the message and the story well, was. I, I said this to Kevin. Well I mean, you think about this, Kevin. They do a movie about your life, and Zac Efron, Zac Efron plays uh, Kevin. Yeah, right now that's pretty incredible. They were going to do a movie uh, uh, about my life, but then Wilford Brimley died, and they had to cancel it. <laughs> so, I'll let you think about that for a while. Oh, no, I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's true. I got to spend some time about three weeks ago with the legendary Bill Mercer, who was the WWE announcer when that that sport was on was on wildfire in this state, and at one point they took a poll of the most popular people. In Israel, and Bill Mercer finished fourth to three of the Von Erichs. Yeah, no, they made a big they made a big uh, tour out of going to Israel yeah. on a couple of occasions, and uh, and some of the stories they tell about Israel uh, was rather amazing. But uh, yeah, they had, they had huge crowds follow them, and people were taking off work and jamming up the streets. I mean. It, they they had an amazing cult following for uh, for what they did. I mean, they David, absolutely did. How much in the movie did they discuss uh, drug and steroid abuse? Very little. Yeah. There were there were scenes where they'd be at the bar, and then Carrie would have some cocaine in front of them. There's a scene in the locker room where there was a needle. Like it was very subtle. So they they told you it was going on, but like I said, it was only two hours. They could have spent two hours on. Yeah, on I, life on the road and stuff like I, I think it would have been a really good series. Like if, if HBO picked up 
the Von Erichs yeah, or the Iron Claw. I think they could have done a better job. But for a movie, I thought it was I thought it was good. But I don't, I don't know, know the I, full story. I don't know what I would. I mean, again, I'm, I'm I don't know how to put a movie together, obviously. But uh, I, I came away from it disappointed as a movie. I thought it just kind of went from from scene to scene yeah. to scene to scene without without really developing the story. And then when I realized they left Chris out entirely, I thought, wait a minute, what what are we doing here? Um, and, and then they didn't really delve into it, uh, I didn't think, deep enough as to how the drugs uh, and that lifestyle did impact them. Um, I didn't even know. Did you know in the 80s that Carrie was – I knew about the, the motorcycle accident that Carrie was involved in, but I don't remember knowing that he lost his foot in that accident, and he wrestled with a prosthetic. I think he kept that private. Well, no, I know he did. I mean, I, I know, but no, it seemed, like, no seemed yeah. like we would have heard about yeah. that. Yeah, but they, right. did, they did a heck of a job, because I don't remember. I didn't know about that. What uh, a gruesome possible scene oh, that wow. would have been. Wow. But all they did was have him, he was like drinking in his house, mm-hmm. and then he jumps on his motorcycle, and he's driving down the road really fast, and then the next scene is he's got no foot. And I'm like, okay, that kind of... If you didn't know, if you hadn't done a little research, yeah, that that kind of moved along rather quickly without developing it. And, we skipped a little while yeah, in yeah, there, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, but um, it, 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 I've really enjoyed my time with uh, with uh, Kevin Von Erich doing these shows, and uh, uh, and it's really fun to see the people's reaction when he shows up. And uh, he's an interesting storyteller, and he does have stories. I did, mean, he's uh, got some serious stories. Did and, uh, either of you guys? You're too young, David. By okay. Did either of you guys ever interact with the angel of death? I've met him several times, but uh, that was about 2 o'clock in the morning. And and by the way, I would say that generally in his lifetime, he was awake at 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, we, We happened to become fairly good friends. And... Wrestling was hard back then. You didn't have any good insurance. You'd wrestle someplace, get in a car, drive to the next city, wrestle the next night, get in a car, drive to the next city, wrestle the next night. You'd sometimes have six or seven wrestling shows a week to do. And he said that's one of the reasons... Why so much drugs got abused? Because it was just impossible to keep going, mm-hmm. to keep that yeah. that lifestyle going. And it was a it was available. It was the eighties. Here, here's the thing there. I find a, a, a really funny about it. I, I saw Fritz von Erich wrestle in Omaha, Nebraska, when I was a boy. I was probably ten or eleven, maybe, at the Civic Auditorium, and he came out as this Nazi. I mean, he, he, and this was this would have been like nineteen. Yes. Now think about this. This was like nineteen sixty. I mean, this was this was only fifteen years, fifteen years after the end of World War Two, and he's stopping around the ring doing the Hitler salute and and, and the whole bit. And of course, we all thought it was great. He got beat almost every time because uh, he was the bad guy. But I thought about what if, what if they had a bunch of uh, Muslim terrorists wrestling now? Could you could you pull that off? Could, could I, you go into a wrestling ring now? Well, now and remember, be the, and be the Muslim terrorist and act like you're flying, flying into buildings. Remember back then, they did a comedy what? show. It was in the news. You, you guys heard about this, right? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about here, right? Okay, okay yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Remember back then, though, 
they did a very popular comedy show about being in prison in a Nazi prison camp. Hogan's Heroes. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah well, actually, yeah. That, I thought that one was funny. Myself. Well, it was. <laughs> Growing up here, I mean, if you, when I was in high school back late 50s, early 60s, uh, one of the great villains at the Sportatorium was Duke Iamuka. And they presented him as a Japanese wrestler. Uh, and he, it was like he was personally responsible for the bombing of Pearl Harbor. <laughs> and Bill Mercer tells me whatever Duke Iamuka's real name was, he was an Hawaiian from Irving. <laughs> but, but, they had him in there as a bad Japanese. He was a bomber pilot oh, at, at right. Pearl Harbor. Right? Well, it, it, the funny thing is about these wrestling as you go around is some night you'd be a good guy, yeah, some night yeah, you'd yeah. be a bad guy, and and the angel of death was a bad guy. Did Galloway and I really dr- drive two hours to talk about wrestling no. all day? Okay. <laughs> no. We're going to talk poker. Okay, this, this about run its course for me. We're going to talk sorry. poker and horses and what we're doing next. I'm trying to save you, Galloway. I know, I know you're dozing off over here. <laughs> With no, Dale. I actually kind of liked it. <laughs> Dale and Randy continue next on the Normathon. This is the Whataburger Normathon, benefiting the Austin Street Center. Thanks to Crest Luxury Cars of Frisco. Thanks to you for giving and for listening all day. To Sports Radio 96.7 and 13.10, the ticket. Shout out to the player of the day, Wagner. Miller Lite is the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. They're providing you with an opportunity to win tickets to a Dallas Cowboys game this season. Head over to theticket.com and register to win for your chance to get a pair of tickets. Miller Lite and the Dallas Cowboys, it's Miller time. Must be 21 and older to enter. Now, more Normathon. Thank you, Dylan Reed. We have Dale Hansen and Randy Galloway as guests. I'm joined by David Mino. And yeah. Justin Bonamayor is going to put, yeah. put on a headset also here. I want to ask some things that people may not know about you. Randy. Is I it, don't like this. No, I know. No, no. <laughs> right away, no, I don't like The this. charges have been dropped in Missouri, and I'm not going there. Um <clears throat> Is it true you bailed Quincy Carter out of jail? Uh, yes. And um, <laughs> probably not the smartest thing I've ever done, but it turned out, it, it did turn out all right and started as a joke. And uh, Quincy Carter's in jail in Irving, and Bond is, uh, what, $10,000, whatever. You had to put up 200 to get him out. And... Uh, Sean Dodge, who was the producer uh, on the show on ESPN, said, we ought to bail Quincy Carter out of jail. And I went, hell yes. <laughs> and he started, he got on his phone, he's looking, he said, oh, this is perfect. Cowboy Bail Bonds in Irving is you- the name of it. And I said, here's the credit card, call him and get him out of jail. And so <laughs> he does. And he gets a call back, and the people said he's out of jail. So we bailed him out of jail, and then, now we're laughing about it, but it's almost Christmas. It was like, you know, like being two weeks ago. He always had a big heart. Well, it, you know, here we all got to thinking, this guy did win a division. Well, he made the, the Cowboys win the playoffs yeah, with him as yeah. a quarterback. 
where in the hell? I mean, Jerry couldn't put up a couple hundred dollars to bail him out, or some teammates couldn't bail him out. So it was kind of a sad story. But then it hit me. If he jumps bail, I owe $10,000. And I went, no, they're smart because you couldn't trust him in those days. But what was funny is uh, Dodge comes in and tells me, he said, well, uh, they tore up your $200 credit card because they got so many calls from other people. They were doing so much business, they... They don't need it anymore. They appreciate the public. Wait, wait a minute. Were the calls from the other people asking you to bail them out also? <laughs> oh, bail out other cowboys. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. okay. they, had a, they had a big Very run. Good. Had a big run in the eighties. They had a discount. They did. They did twelve. Twelve for the price of ten. <laughs> but you know, the last I heard of of Quincy, he, I guess Hollywood Henderson took him under. Mm-hmm. Dale, I think that's right. Yeah, I think that's right. Kind of took him under his wing, and he was doing great down in Austin. I hope that's still the case. I didn't get along with him. Didn't even like him. You didn't have to get bailed him out. <laughs> did, did he call? He owes you. Oh no, 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 no. He and I heard him. Yeah. He would. I, I know he was quoted several places. I still don't know why that damn Galloway bailed me out. <laughs> And I said, well, probably should have left him in jail. One for Dale Hansen. Then we'll go to, to David Mino and Justin Montemayor. I had no idea of this until, I don't know how I missed it the last couple of years as we researched this. You were in the Navy in Vietnam? No. Everybody says that, and I, 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 I'm going to when I run for president, I'm going to be exposed, and they're going to have you know this problem. I was in the Navy during Vietnam. Ah. I, I was. I did a deal on CNN, and uh, Don Lemon introduced me that way, saying, uh, Dale Hansen, uh, you served in uh, in Vietnam. I said, no, I actually didn't serve in Vietnam. I served during Vietnam. He goes, oh, we, we appreciate your service. I said, well, you, you really don't know what kind of a sailor I was. <laughs> uh, for those of you who do know, I, I was in the Navy. I was in the Navy for three years, uh, and I made E4 twice. Wait a minute, that's an error by the second baseman. Yeah, no, what yeah. What does that mean? Well, no, there, there, there's some military <laughs> people who, who know. I, uh, I got busted. Uh, this is hard to believe if you know me at all. Uh, I was in E4, and I, I got busted because I left my post. Um, I was downstairs flirting with a gal that made the hamburgers and fries. Um, and we all did it, but I never said that. At that time, I can say it now, but we, I mean, everybody did it. Uh, I was a radioman, so when the planes landed, they would call me on the radio, and then I would have to send a teletype message that the plane was down, uh, had landed safely, not down, but had landed safely. And then after all the planes were down, which was usually like 8 o'clock at night, you'd go downstairs, and there was this drop-dead gorgeous young lady, uh, and she was uh, cooking hamburgers and fries, and you get something to eat. I walk back upstairs, and the door to the radio shack is locked. So like the idiot that I was, I walk down the hall, there's the commander of the base, had come in for whatever reason. I go, excuse me, Commander, do you have a ticket? I apparently locked myself out of my radio booth. He goes, no, you dumb son of a bitch. I'm the one who locked you out. You had deserted your post. And they busted me from an E4 to an E3. And uh, and it, this is also true. I had orders. I had orders at that time to go to Morocco, Africa. But I lost because of my dereliction of duty uh, I lost my top secret clearance, so I wasn't allowed to go to Morocco. 
And my commanding, my immediate commanding officer said, I'm going to put you on the worst ship in the Navy that we can find. And he succeeded. And he put me on this flat bottom LST out of uh, Little Creek, Virginia. But because there's always been this, this angel sitting on my shoulder, that LST pulled out of Little Creek, Virginia in October of 1968 and spent the next five months cruising around San Juan, Puerto Rico, St. Thomas, St. John's. Guarding those places. Yeah, I came yeah. out of the Navy with the best-looking tan you ever saw. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm, again, but to be fair, I think I deserve a little credit because during my entire time, during my entire time, not a single person in San Juan, Puerto Rico was killed by a North Vietnamese. Great. Yeah. Good no, job. No. Good job, Dale. I did what I could. Good I job. Thank you. I, I get a little appreciation. I appreciate everybody. <laughs> I think I would have been for the Viet Cong, <laughs> quite frankly. <laughs> Cuban said something about an hour ago that really stuck with me. It was He was talking about the Tub Club on Greenville. And I was wondering if you guys ever went to the Tub Club or what's the uh, what was the hot spot back in the day that you guys would go out to? God, my wife may be listening. Yeah. So I wouldn't yeah, it's that. just us. No, that was a long time ago. Right. Statute of limitations. No, that uh, and I never did. And I went to work at the well. I grew up in like in Grand Prairie, and then went to work at the Morning News in '66. But I heard about the evil things going on. <laughs> Out in that area of town, but I never did partake. That's, well, that's uh, my story. That's my, uh, well, no, you, you were a Louis. A nice you, wink. Like, like me, for the most part, you were a Louis and Joe Miller guy. Yeah, that, and, uh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. But I, uh, I unfortunately uh, uh, am familiar with that part of town. Um, <laughs> I, I, I actually poked my head into Elon's a couple of times, but Confetti's was my main hangout okay. for the longest time. Cuban also. Yeah, yeah. Confetti, I heard he mention that. Confetti's, Confetti's was, uh, was stupid crazy. And the Cowboys used to go in there on Sunday night. And um, <laughs> All right, I'll tell this story. I don't think my wife knows how to find the ticket on the radio, so this will be good. Um, Ed Jones used to throw these big parties oh. at his house uh, Sunday night after the games. So it always started Confetti's. And then it would leave Confetti's and go to Ed Jones' house. And Drew Pearson was there one night, and Drew and I were good buddies. And he and he said, hey, why don't you come over? And I said, well, i got a buddy of mine in town, uh, Dick Stevie. He's visiting from Iowa. Is it okay if I bring him? And he said, well, we're going to have to ask Ed. And I, I swear to you, this is a true story. I walked up to Ed Jones. I said, Ed, um, uh, I appreciate being invited over to your party, but I said, i got a buddy of mine with me, uh, Dick Stevie. Is it okay if I bring him? He said, oh, my God, Hanson, my God. He said, we've already got like 11 guys coming over, and I think there's only like 33 women. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I, I'm not going to be doing anything. I said, this is true. I, I'm, I'm not going to be doing anything. He said, well, all right, all right. As long as you stay downstairs, you're fine. I'll just talk to the 10 other dudes. And uh, Ed, uh, Ed uh, uh, he did partake in the activities of uh, – Yeah. And every time I left there, as I always say, I would leave Ed Jones' house at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning – and I never looked back because I was convinced I'd turn into a pillar of salt. Uh, so I didn't do it. You know, so. But it was it was a – yeah, Greenville Avenue, that whole area was – it was rather crazy back in the 80s. Randy, we know that the Barry Switzer, Dale Hansen, um, two or three rounder went viral. Switzer and- beat hell out of it. <laughs> Yes, without a doubt. Did you have someone like that? 
No. I, I, uh, the biggest, the biggest argument I ever had, and, and you always, you know, you have to, have to be careful. And I got a reputation in the media as when I would write something, I would always show up. But yeah. you're, you're careful about, you know, going into a clubhouse in baseball, locker room in football, basketball, hockey, whatever. But you don't walk in swagging or anybody want to see me. You just show up and they know you're there. So if they want to say something, but I, uh, uh, the biggest argument I ever got into, I got into a shouting match with Dion. At- <laughs> <laughs> well, you just did. So all right, he was it's out uh, there. Uh, he's full of crap. There we go. There you and go. And I, I really didn't deal with him. I mean, good player and all that. Good cover guy. But I read. Uh, we get back from some. The Cowboys on the road. I get. Uh, I'm reading the papers. Times no, Times had folded by then. But Morning News, Star Telegram. I'm reading them, and in our paper, the Morning News at the time, it was uh, Dion had a quote. You can't blame the Cowboys had lost, and he said you can't blame the defense on this. Uh huh. Well, I read that, and I was good. I got a that's a column. I can off that. So I get to uh, get to Valley Ranch, and he's standing kind of in the middle of the locker room, and so. I walk up and I said, "What? What's this quote? Are you trying to divide the team?" Oh, he went off. Now, it never. I never thought he was going to swing. Thank God, but he is off. He's yelling. I'm yelling at him, and it's going on. Well, I'd had some yelling things with a lot of baseball and some things before, so I, I don't think. But it's a great. It was great yelling and screaming. And then I get home, and I had never heard of CNN. I didn't know it was on my cable hookup. And I started, the phone started ringing. And from other parts of the country, that was great. <laughs> Ed Lavi, what's his name? He's still Lavadera. Lavadera. Yeah. Ed Lavadera was there. Worked at Channel 8 for a while. Yeah, with a cameraman, and they filmed the whole thing and put it on damn CNN. And I didn't even know it. So, and I'm going, well, is this good or bad? I I didn't know. It's very good. But I thought it turned out great. Like three months later, spring training opens in uh, Port Charlotte. And I get down there, and baseball players from other parts of the country are coming up. God, that was great, you and Dion. <laughs> the power of CNN at the time. And, at that time, yeah. Yeah. Now if they've been on CNN, nobody see it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh. oh. Oh, please stop. Please. It's 250. That's Dale. That's Randy. Justin. David. Myself. We continue one more segment with Randy and Dale on the ticket. You can't keep a good man down. And even in retirement, we can't stop Norm Hitzkus from helming his 23rd Whataburger Normathon. Benefiting the Austin Street Center. Live on Sports Radio 96.7 and 1310, the ticket. We love it when a plan comes together. Hour after hour, year after year. During the Whataburger Normathon. 
Live from Crest Luxury Cars of Frisco and on Sports Radio 96.7 and 1310, The Ticket. KTCK AM Dallas-Fort Worth. KTCK FM Flower Mound. Accumulus Station. How long can Norm go? Hour number, Hour 10. number 10. Live from Crest Luxury Cars of Frisco. It's Normathon namesake Norm Hitzkus and the Ticket Team. On Sports Radio 96.7 and 13.10, The Ticket. The Ticket Team right now consists of Justin Montemayor and uh, David Mino. I'm Norm Hitzkus. This is the 23rd Annual Normathon. The Whataburger Normathon benefits Austin Street Center for the Homeless. Our guests are Dale Hansen and Randy Galloway. Lads, take it away, and then I'll circle back to a couple of topics. Yeah, Norm, I've seen you've changed a little bit since retirement. You've got an iPhone now, which is a huge step. Let me see it. What do you got? Look at that thing. <laughs> Give Norman a round of applause. The iPhone 8. It's it is a, the uh, best iPhone, it, the 8. Let me see. Eight. What camera do you Let's see the camera on the back. Let's, I can tell what. Does it have one? or? Okay, yeah. It's, it's, it still it, has a button it's on progress, it. okay? He's got a smartphone. I want to ask you guys. <laughs> When did you guys embrace newer technology? Because it's taken Norm a little bit of time. I haven't. You uh, haven't yet? I haven't really. I, I did. This is you, have an, you guys have smartphones. Well, though, right? no, this is absolutely true. Up until just a couple of months ago, people would say to me, what kind of a phone do you have? And I said, Verizon. <laughs> I, I swear, I, I got, no, 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 no. I said, I'm asking you, what kind of a phone is it? And I said, it, it's, a, it's a Verizon. Uh, I just got rid, of a, I got rid of my flip phone about uh, about a year and a half ago or so. Um, two two years maybe. Um, um, I, I started texting about eight months ago, which I do kind of like texting, and um, that's about the extent of it for me. I, I hate technology. I uh, I'm with Norm. I've got okay. an eight right here, and this I saw now they're up to fifteen. Yep, mm-hmm. yeah. with so, a titanium uh, shell. Yeah. And my <laughs> my grandkids go, you still got damn buttons on this phone, <laughs> and I go. Well, what's wrong with buttons? I like this phone. I'm afraid to go any higher, so I I do keep this. But I know I uh, actually I thought I would never uh, any part of it. I would never embrace. But then it turns out the internet is the greatest. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's the greatest. The greatest it's for, for what we did for a living, newspaper, radio. It's the greatest invention in the world, and I'm thankful that I finally did. We were sitting. We were sitting at Christmas dinner, starting different discussions about who did this, who did that. And my daughter would take out her phone, and, you know, and just Google it. You know, and how how did we do that years ago? I mean, you know, the bar arguments about who who was yeah. the MVP, and now you just hit your phone. You have, yeah, that that is amazing. But Galloway disagrees with me about this, but I still say it's true, and I think artificial intelligence is only going to make it move faster. This technology is going to destroy our civilization as we have known it to be. It's absolutely going to destroy our civilization. It does have some great benefits to it, but as typical humans always do, we will figure out how to screw that up, and we're just going to filter away and work for robots in the future. So Justin and I are both in our 30s. What the hell was that? I don't know. Hanson went, who's? I won't be here here with you, but those of you younger, remember, 
I believe Hanson told us that at Crest Cadillac at Normathon, and then you'll all be wondering why you didn't pay attention to it. No, they'll be dead because you said it's going to destroy Well, they will be. They will be eventually. I'm eating our neighbors saying, yeah. it was right. I tell you what I, I find really interesting, and that's that Mary just went, went to San Antonio and gathered some members of the family, and they all went out to this dinner to get Chinese food at a very nice restaurant. And at one point, Zach noticed that all seven people in the restaurant were on their phones. Oh, yeah. yeah. I went I mean, to you're a- there to have conversation? No, no. Get it. Norm, this is true. I, I go to the Mavericks game the other night with a buddy of mine, Judge Moyer. We walk into this restaurant, and the woman says, can I help you? And I said, yes, I'd like to see a menu. She said, it's right there. And I said, I'm sorry, it's right where? And she said, well, it's right there on the table. What do you call that? Q- the QR code? QR code. Yeah. And I looked at her, and I said, do I look like somebody who knows what the hell that is? <laughs> and so she went and found me this old paper uh, menu that I believe somebody had used to wipe the spaghetti off their face earlier. <laughs> then we get to the game, and thank goodness the judge had his phone with him. Because you, you, have, to show your telef- you have to show your phone to get into the game. Well, I don't carry my phone. I mean, I, I've never, I'm 75 years old, and I have never gone to a game or gone to dinner and said to myself, damn, I wish I could just call somebody right now. I mean, it's just never, ever happened. And I don't want anybody calling me. I'm at dinner with my friends. Do not call. I'm at a Mavericks game. Call Dale, Do not Dale call. Hansen right now if you have his phone number. Yeah. yeah I leave. My, well, people say, Do you have? I say, Yeah, I carry my phone in my car so that when I jump a curb and blow a tire, I can call somebody. That's the only time I want it. Other than that, I don't want it. What if Michael Sam needs to get a hold of you? Well, no, I do have. A, I do keep his phone number handy. Just okay, when, I mean, when's the last time you talked to him? No, Whoa, I, like no I, haven't, I haven't talked to him in several years. It was uh, about a year after uh, after he had his little fling with the Cowboys. Uh, but Michael Sam changed my whole life, obviously, and uh, and I wish I did have more of a of a contact with him because I, I wonder what's ever happened to him too. By the way. Um, but he did change my uh, he did change my life, and, and does, I appreciate that. Does does Dion contact you, Randy? Yeah. No, but I did like the fact, uh, uh, and I, of course I'm not involved in it anymore. But when uh, Colorado beat TCU to open the season, and God, that pissed me <laughs> off <laughs> because I knew it would start this cloud, oh, yeah. stupidest this thing Dion cloud, stupidest that thing would ever. sweep across the nation. And it did. But anyway, after the game, of course, uh, Nanto Dion is going nuts. Wait a minute, I can't do that anymore because he's had problems. But anyway, uh, yeah, that was too much. Uh, well, not for me. He's well, down to eight now. Because I like Ricky Gervais uh, and Jimmy Carter. You're doing fine. Yeah. You know? it's. Uh, but anyway, uh, so they're in the locker room, and Ed Werder. The great Ed Werder is down there for ESPN after the game. And, Eon, of course, Dion knows him from the Cowboy days. Uh, Ed hates him. He hates <laughs> he hates Dion. And Dion goes, oh, yeah. do you believe? Yelling at Ed. And Ed went, believe in what? <laughs> and I went, damn, I wish I'd have been there. I wish I had. I wish I had been there. No, but I never hear from him. But oh, what a what a run he had for that four and eight team, 
And the Sports Illustrated, which is going to hell, but I'm still a subscriber. They named him Sportsman of the Year. Yes. It, it never yes. ends. Broadcasting rules have changed. Yes. I, 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 I am too old school when the quarterback oh, of your I football said, team drives a Rolls Royce. Yeah, the, when the quarterback <laughs> of your football team drives a Rolls Royce and has a $70,000 yeah, watch yeah. and doesn't play for SMU. That's the most amazing <laughs> That's that's the most amazing thing I still can't figure out. Uh, back in the day, I mean, that's, you, know, you make oh, a call. I have to mention, yeah. how long are we going here? Because I, I do want to mention, because people ask me all that, what are you doing now that you're retired? I blew my shoulder out the other day. And my, I don't know. My, my poker? Yeah, poker? My, you blew your shoulder I, up I, playing I, poker? My right, my right arm is basically dead. I blew my shoulder out. I said it's going to take six months to heal. But the good news is the Rangers signed me to a three-year contract. Oh. Hey. Okay. Hello. <laughs> Oh. No, no. You appreciate yeah, that one. Some of, on. some of you aren't laughing at that, but you'll be telling that tomorrow, my God. You know you will. You, you, they won the World you, Series. You know yeah. you'll be you, Yeah, this is great. They did win the World fine. Series. I, I'm serious. Though. I, I, I watched every inning. of. I, I, I didn't miss maybe two games all season because of the new rules. I just love them. And then Bob Sturm taught me how to uh, uh, tape these games. Or not, what, do you, what do you call it? Not tape DVR? It, DVR, whatever. So I, I watch the game. I start like in the fourth <laughs> inning, and then I just fast forward, and it's fantastic. I watch everything that way. Wait, wait, wait. wait. And Bob Sturm taught me that years ago. So I, did, I, but here, I didn't miss but maybe two games all year long, and I loved it. But now... Every time I do see something, hey, they just signed this guy, and they, they hope he'll be ready by July. Wait. Oh, I, oh they hope this guy will be ready by June. I, I, I've got a problem here. Sturm taught you how to TVR, and he's not taught me how to TVR? Obviously. We have, we have these little, like a split front room. My wife is a huge Cowboys fan. So I watch the Cowboys. I start watching the Cowboys like at halftime. So she's in the other room, and then I start the game, you know, like at 4.15 or something. And then I just zip along. Right? But she's in the other room going, oh, oh, oh. I said, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> and she'll run and go, did you say? I said, shut up. Go, oh, you're behind. You're behind. I said, no, I'm doing perfectly because I'm not watching all those commercials that you're stuck with. And, and I don't have to sit through uh, Terry Bradshaw's halftime show, for God's sake. I mean. Well, and I'll tell you what. When... Wait a minute. With the snow, you mean? Oh, my God. With the fake snow in Los Angeles? Back, back to the artificial intelligence. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Randy, when uh, when the Rangers win a World Series, it changed my damn life. I'm a better person. <laughs> <laughs> we can tell. My wife says, that's BS. I'm not. But I think I'm a better person for it. I, I feel better about myself. The Rangers won the World Series. Here's damn Hanson making jokes. I don't care who they sign. They can sign dead pitchers for all I care. Well, they, they did. They won the World Series. <laughs> they did. No, no. I, I knew Chris Young. I knew Chris Young when he was in high school playing a basketball. I did, too. I did, yeah, too. And Chris, I think Chris Young has done a marvelous job. I think Ray Davis has stepped up. I love that team. And you know how much I hated the Rangers for decades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You always, it, was, it was Charlie Huff, Pete O'Brien, and that's it. I don't want to hear about anybody else. That's all I cared about. I love Charlie Huff and Pete O'Brien, and I'm done. But now that whole organization is first rate. The, the, I heard Bochi on the way up here. I mean, they should 
and could very easily be a five-year run, except salary caps and free agency and luxury tax and all that nonsense that we didn't have to put up with when we were young. Uh, we'll, we'll eventually destroy it. It'll break it up. But it should be good for three to five years anyway. But anyway, I'm, I'm a better human being. The Rangers won the World Series. Your life is why, complete now. Why, why are you a better human being? I think for the Because he reason, said BS instead of the full word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Change a lot. I, uh, I drink in peace now. I used to, <laughs> I used to drink angry. Yeah. I was an angry drinker. Now I just drink in peace. And uh, that makes me a better human being, Norm. <laughs> You've seen, you've seen me drink angry. Yes. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. I've also seen you in the press box of those interminable night double headers they used to Ooh. play at the old stadium. Yeah. Oh, yeah. brother. Yeah. And, and on the last team's visit to Arlington Stadium, last team's visit of the season, like Houston's coming in, the last night of the series, they waved the curfew. So that the game would go interminably into the middle of the night if they were playing extra innings. It was just, I love that old stadium, Arlington Stadium. God, and everything was, obviously it was a minor league park that it's built around. No, And I was going to all these ballparks all over baseball when I was covering the team those 10 years, first 10 years. But nobody was even ever going to a major league game that close to the action. And like Gaylord Perry, this is about 75, 76. He's pitching for the Rangers, notorious spitballer, greaseballer. And a foul ball comes roaring back and hits right off the press box windows. Of course, they were some kind of plexiglass. It didn't break. But it hits... And there's a big grease smudge <laughs> on the window in the press box. So we couldn't wait to get down to the clubhouse to talk to Gaylord. Gaylord was a good guy. I went, hey, Gaylord, uh, that uh, foul ball came up, left a grease smudge on the window, and he said, must have hit a mosquito on the way up. <laughs> Shit. But hey, that was ball. That was ball players back then. Man. Oh, jeez. Oh, well. lads, I think I'm going to take a tape of the highlights and see if somebody wants to do a TV show with us weekly. Did I cuss too much? No, not enough. No, not enough. No, not enough. But, but from the cuss and in, cuss and insensitive comments, Randy, you win six five over day. <laughs> I've mellowed out in my old age. I've mellowed out. You know, I, hey, I lads. Just, here's the bottom line. I try I try to keep everybody happy, and I try to treat everybody the same. I don't care if you're the most compassionate, caring, considerate, generous, decent human being ever, or, or if you're a Republican. It doesn't matter to me either way. It doesn't matter to me either way. I try to treat everybody the same. Okay, it's now 6-6. Six, six. We're going. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Better get to break here because this could unravel. My job has high.